Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening in, whether you came from Twitter or elsewhere. It's very much appreciated. This is going to be the first edition of Data Monster Picks podcast, uh, DMPP for short, because that's a very long name to say. My name is Justin. I'm the founder, which sounds funny, or I, I put it like creator of Data Monster Picks. I started this back in November. Really just, uh, I've always been interested in stats and spreadsheets, and I decided uh, I might as well combine them and see if I can't put it to good use. And so far since November, it's worked out pretty well. If you look in my Twitter bio, which is at Data, Data Monster Pick, no S on the end there, all my records and units one are there. But anyway, today we have a special episode. It's going to be our, our soccer edition for the 2020 Euros. I know it's 2021, but we'll get into that. And my guest host today is going to be my good friend from high school all the way through college and up to now. And his name is Chris. Chris, introduce yourself. Hey everyone, my name is Chris. Um, just a little background about me. I have a some work experience in analytics. I worked uh, brand science analytics at an advertising agency. Um, currently working in the accounting field, so you know, still using those analytics a little bit. But you know, main man Justin here. He's he's been working on a lot on these on these models, and you know, I think it's a pretty good. He's got a pretty good system, and. I'm here to talk soccer because big soccer fan, and I'm just excited about the Euros. Yeah, Chris will be our soccer guy throughout the entirety of this uh, startup we have going here. Also, if you will touch on this at the end of the episode, and from future episodes, uh, Chris will be joining us as well for some NFL talk and maybe some other sports. We'll see when we get there. Chris is, out of all my friends, Chris is the most knowledgeable about soccer when it comes to <laughs> tactics, teams, nations everything he's got it covered and my soccer background personally i grew up uh playing baseball football never touched soccer around high school i started getting really interested in, in the soccer finally started to play it my senior year and that was the funnest sport i ever played stick by that to this day so uh, i started watching it my sophomore year uh, i'm well past that now but i'm definitely a fan uh love to watch it and we're gonna touch on uh some more of how we got to this point uh, in regards to how we turn our fandom into what we're doing now and some obstacles we've had to overcome in doing that. But first, uh, me and Chris, we want to touch on what we're going to be talking about today, which is the 2020 Euros. They were supposed to take place in uh, 2020, which is hence the name. However, since we're in 2021, COVID is what pushed that back. But me and Chris tried back in what was it chris december or january i believe we tried to start our own premier league model and a problem we ran into is soccer is such a difficult sport to attach numbers to teams and chris can talk to you about this a little bit more because certain teams like for example tottenham uh with uh Mourinho and his coach i mean like chris liverpool this year they park the bus maybe have two shots all game um, it just, I, I mean, it was hard to attach stats to the team. Go ahead. I was just going to say my, my best example of how it is so incredibly hard to really put to part, break down statistics and performance in soccer is if you want to go all the way back to 2013, uh, Celtic played Barcelona in the champions league. Uh, Barcelona had 999 passes with attempts with 865 of them complete a 73 percent possession 10 10 shots off target 14 shots on goal seven corners 
and they lost that game 2-1 to Celtic, who had yeah, that... four, four shots on target, one <laughs> off target, and they were brutal. If any of you play football manager out there, that is the most football manager scoreline <laughs> you'll see in your entire life. And that's that's the, that's the problem we ran into. And we've tried to incorporate form, and I'm sure there's a way to do it, and I'm sure that there are guys out there that do it successfully. And this summer, late summer, before the Premier League season kicks off again, me and Chris are going to dive back into that, see what we can work out, see if we can crunch some different numbers and make it work. But... We just wanted. To, I just wanted to give you guys a baseline of where we're at with that because if you've seen my tweets, depending on how long you've been following me, my philosophy is based on strictly numbers and data only. I believe that's the best way to bet on sports and to analyze sports because we all, if, if you're betting on sports, there's a 95% chance that you're a fan of sports. So you're going to have your favorite team, your favorite player, and you're going to have personal bias that you're going to want to lean towards a team. And that's one reason I love having just numbers alone because I can look at my favorite team and if they're, they are the better team or if they're the worst team, I know I don't have to worry about, is this my gut telling me to do this or is, or is this just the numbers? I know it's just the numbers and I know what's, what, what's going to be the correct play, at least in my eyes. Um, but that's enough of our previous model talk. We're going to talk now about the current tournament at hand and what we're going to go through is... Uh, we're going to start off with the with the Euro outright odds. Some of our uh, some of the top teams in the tournament, who we think might be some decent plays, and who we think might be some dark horse plays that might sneak through uh, the, the the first group stage onto the round of sixteen and maybe even the quarterfinals. Uh, Chris, do you want to take over the first? I guess what what, what do we have? The top six teams uh, odds wise. Yeah, sure. Um, so probably no surprise to anyone who's been paying attention to international football the past four years. Uh, I say if you look at the odds right now, France is in an outright uh, what are they at? plus plus five hundred overall yeah. to to just take the take the tournament. Which I mean, if if you've been following the Euros, the World Cup, anything the past four five years. You understand that France is in their golden generation. Yeah, e- even even domestic leagues are dominated by French players mm-hmm. left and right. So. Yeah, I mean, you got Nicola Conte uh, winning man of the match for the Champions League final, Chelsea versus Manchester City uh, the previous few weeks. Uh, France is, like I said, they're in their golden generation right now. They are stacked with talent from, from forward to goalkeeper. They're, there's honestly, there's, real no, there's really no stopping them. Euros runners-up in 2016, World Cup champions in 2018. I mean, they're about as sure as a pick as you could have. Um, and, you know, the odds definitely reflect that. Yeah, reflect that. And then if you go... Along with them. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, with similar, similar odds, yeah. Uh, interesting interesting choice, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, over... Same yeah, odds. I was going to ask you about that because, you know, everybody memed it in 2018. Football's coming home. It's coming home. England's and, – and, and they – and to be fair, they did make a nice run. But I know you're not as high on England uh, as most people are and obviously as Vegas are. And, by the way, uh, these odds are – the numbers we're pulling here are going to be through uh, Bovada. I didn't look through DraftKings and FanDuel, but I'm sure the numbers will be very similar. Uh, now, these lines might move uh, as we get closer to Friday. We're recording this on a Wednesday night. First uh, kickoff is on Friday. But uh, that's one thing I want to ask you, Chris, is what is swaying you from England at this moment? I think the biggest thing swaying me from England at this moment is how 
Southgate is currently setting up his tactics with the England squad. I think this is one of the most talented England squads in a very long time. Um, and it's hard to argue with results based on the last World Cup. Uh, you think uh-huh. I, it's, I mean, you, you, you literally can't deny that what he's doing is obviously working, but it's a, they, they play a very set piece heavy style of defensive five in the back, not really overlapping fullbacks. It, it's it's an interesting formation and it, it it's i mean it's hard to argue with the results but it's a very root one kind of football where it's either you know get a get into a a dangerous position with a set piece or get the ball to harry kane and hope he'll score so yeah i think I, go ahead Sorry. yeah i was just gonna say and uh like you said it's hard to argue with results and that's one of my notes uh that we have here England are one of the four teams in this field that out of their last five games. Now, granted, some of the, some of their these games have been weaker competition, but they're one of four teams to come in having won their last five, no draws, no losses, five zero and zero, which is always always a good uh, patch to put on your sleeve. But touching on some of these other odds, uh, Belgium plus six hundred. Uh, Chris Chris believes that they're riding the end of their uh, golden generation. Uh, the Bruins back, Hazard's good to go. Which that, he, he, in my opinion, he'll be a name to watch this tournament as well because anytime you see uh, Eden Hazard play more than two or three games in a row, it's mm-hmm. probably probably groundbreaking. I I know he's been at Madrid for a while, and I don't. I, it seems like every time I watch Madrid, he's not playing. Uh, I mean, and, yeah, and, and to just kind of touch upon that, I mean, Belgium is honestly one of the strongest teams in world football right now. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. They got knocked out in the semis. Yeah, they, they did. They got knocked out in the semis last World Cup by France. And I don't know if you remember Belgium, but especially in the one game that comes in particular in my mind that I think about all the time, even three years past, is the game against Japan where Belgium were just they – yep, have, they have that I, one I goal. We I, watched it, that one together, I believe. Yep, it was the – they had that one goal. I want to say it's Yannick Carrasco where it, start, it was a counterattack with Thibaut yep. uh, Courtois getting the ball out quickly, getting the ball to either Kevin De Bruyne or N Hazard, I don't remember, but basically just perfect switches across the field, move down the field so quickly with the perfect uh, low cross across the box with the perfect, I say perfect a million times, but that's really the goal, with the perfect dummy by Lukaku for the easy tap yeah, for and that was Carrasco. I thought, yeah, I thought could challenge uh, Pavard for goal of the tournament as well because the, t- the team play build up on that was just it, it was it was it, i mean something it's, out of fifa yeah that that's they are an unbelievable team and i think they really have i mean i think they really need to be pushing for a finals um yeah finals uh appearance not i don't think anything else will uh will anything below that i think in my mind is kind of a failure uh, but an interesting point that I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but in the current seedings with the groups and everything, there will be, if if both teams are up for it, there will be a World Cup semifinals rematch in the Euros uh, semifinals as well because how the current seeding is, Belgium will have to face France if everything France, goes yeah. that way to make it to the finals. So it's not an, it won't be an easy run for them, but I think they're one of the most well-rounded teams outside of France. And we'll and jumping on to the next point here, the next these next two teams we'll discuss 
more in detail in a little bit in a latest segment here in the episode. But Germany and Portugal are the last two teams coming in, um, besides Italy, coming in with under plus 1,000 odds. They're both at plus 900. And I think this is going to, those odds are going to end up being very, they could have a lot of value to them. Uh, but it's, it's really going to depend on who, whichever one of them can successfully make it out of Group F, which we'll discuss on later that you know possibly both of them could make it out, uh, even with France in the same group. But moving on here. Uh, um, just one, one quick touch upon it. I do want to uh-huh. talk about Italy, where uh, even though their odds are plus 800, I do think that is a, a very mm-hmm. solid bet. Um, I, I, I honestly could see this Italian team go all the way to I, I expect them to also be making the potentially making the final so I think they're pretty a uh, really under the radar team right now I wouldn't say yeah, and they've been underperforming in their recent uh mm-hmm. as a national team recently as well so could be uh I know I, like I said I know you just mentioned it and you have it here on your notes that they are an underperforming underestimated team currently mm-hmm. yeah I think there's they play a really good style of football as well, and they're they're also a pretty similar to Belgium, well-oiled team. I just don't think it just right now this current team just doesn't have. I feel like that that star power to kind of yeah. you know bolster them to the to the upper echelon of of teams that people are expecting to do well in the Euros. But I think they are. I I I don't know. I I don't. I wouldn't consider them a dark horse per se, but I think they're they're definitely gonna have a good showing. Yeah, that they're. Uh, I follow you there. Um, and before we hop into our group stage conversation, uh, I know I just mentioned Group F, and there are some very intriguing group plays, and some of the odds for these group plays might look a little different to you than what you're used to, uh, especially for, say, the World Cup, and we'll touch on that in a little bit here. But player props are something I'd like to touch on because I do think there is some nice value uh, within individual player props. And again, these are all drawn from Bovada. Not all books would have these, but if you're betting on, on uh, most major books, FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, MGM, William Hill, uh, they should all have uh, be carrying these odds. But uh, I'll go ahead and touch on you first, Chris. Top goal scorer of the tournament. Who are, who are some guys that you are picking out as your top three? I have two myself, and if any of ours overlap, uh, we'll discuss. All right, so I'm kind of going with my gut. Uh, last, based on the 2016 Euros and the 2018 World Cup, um, and I, my first pick for you know potential top goal scorer is Antoine Griezmann. Uh, he's sitting okay. at uh, plus uh, 2300, which I think is pretty good odds. I feel like it's kind of it's especially kind of, playing for that France team. Yeah, I feel know. like it's it's almost it's it's almost insulting that his his odds aren't aren't lower than that for considering he was he won the Golden Boot for the 2016 Euros and he had four goals in the World Cup, which is yeah. second highest. Which you know it's nothing to scoff at. Um, if you wanted to, and I, and, and I believe uh, I would assume France is going to go into this tournament playing uh, Mbappe on the left. And now that they have Benzema, which I know Benzema uh, pulled up lame in their last friendly, I'm not sure the extent of his injury. Uh, I haven't seen any crazy reports about it, so I can't imagine it's anything too, too serious. Uh, but I would assume they have Griezmann playing like a false nine role again. Um, with yeah. Benzema playing uh, up ahead of him, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with that. That I think uh, I do... Or maybe s- even on the right. Yeah, it could be... 
I could see a system where Didier uh, plays maybe Griezmann as a false nine or yeah. a second striker behind maybe even a front two of Mbappe and uh, Benzema. And I would just like to point out that uh, Didier feels, feels very confident that Kareem's injury is nothing to – he'll be fit for the okay. Euros. Yeah, so, I, I, I remember seeing that uh, – I believe it was their last friendly two days ago where he uh, pulled up hurt, but – like I said, I haven't seen any other reports about it, so I'm assuming it's nothing nothing major here. And uh, did you say you have one more or two more guys? I have two more. Um, uh-huh. My fir- my second pick would be Lukaku, who's sitting at uh, plus 600, which is pretty understandable. Lukaku's coming off a great year in uh, Serie A for Inter. So, and he's he is... And I, I'm, I, that's one of my guys. I'm there with you as well. I, my reasoning behind it was uh, he was the World Cup had scored six goals in the 2018 World Cup mm-hmm. uh, for Belgium. And also, he's going to be playing in, a, in one of the weaker groups in this tournament, uh, having to face Russia and Finland. Uh, Finland's actually uh, plus 50,000 on the outright odds there. <laughs> so there is a snowball's chance in hell. <laughs> that one gets pulled off. And uh, so if he could get off to a nice start if he can maybe net, net a brace against both of those teams. And he'll be, he could be off to a four-goal start before – he even leaves the group stage still having a game in hand against who else is in that uh, Denmark. So yeah, I definitely, uh, I'm there with you there. I definitely think, and this is probably a lesser known fact, but I I want to say Lukaku is currently the one of is currently the highest active goal scorer for Belgium. So he definitely shows yeah. out for the Belgium national team for the for the uh, for the. I can't remember their nickname. Are they the Red Devils? I know that's United, but I feel like they're they're the Devils too. <laughs> they're awesome. might, might have to check me on that. But I think Lukaku. That is, I feel feel like that's a pretty easy, that's a pretty easy bet. Um, but one player that I also think who's sitting at plus eighteen hundred is Sirio Immobile for Italy. I think yeah. he's a pretty ruthless goal scorer. He's very efficient. He's he is thirty one. Um, and you could argue that Italy might set up in a way that they don't create a lot of chances, so he might not actually get too many shots on goal. But I think his just how efficient of a goal scorer he is, I don't. I think it's a great bet, and I think he is. I'm pretty confident that if this Italian team is clicking, it's going to be partly large and due to Serie Mobile. And I, I'm right there with you. That's the second guy I have at plus eighteen hundred. And my reasoning's uh, much the same. He scored 20 goals and 35 appearances this year um, in Serie A. He's been consistent, fantastic for a long time. And then on top of that, he's get, he gets to face Turkey, Switzerland, and Wales in his group. Another situation where I think you know you could have him net a brace against uh, in two of his four, uh, or excuse me, two of his three group games and be off to a nice four goal start before you even leave, leave the group stage. Yeah, I think I think that's a great bet. Honestly, if I would. It's hard to choose between the Griezmann or the Mobile, which one would be a better prop bet, but I think they're both solid choices. Yeah. And the good thing about it is with it being such an open field, those odds are fantastic. You could put a couple units on each one, and uh, if either one of them hits, definitely still recover some nice profit. And then next, uh, our next odds we're looking at, or excuse me, next prop we're looking at here would be player of the tournament. Uh, again, these odds are from Bovada. Who are you rocking with here, Chris? I went kind of safe, but I think Kevin De Bruyne at plus 800 is 
going to be player of the tournament. I think if this Belgium team clicks the way it should and the clicks the way I think it was, it's going to be largely in part due to uh, Kevin De Bruyne, who, again, was just he might be the best midfielder in the world. Absolutely fantastic for Manchester City. He's a great facilitator. It's a shame he got hurt in the Champions League final, but he's. Uh-huh. it's good to hear that he's going to be good to go for the Euros. I think he's a great player, a great person. I think he's going to really show out in this final, in these Euros. Is that uh, is that your only guy you have there, or do you have any more? Yeah, that's the only one I had. Nothing really – no other player really jumped out to me at the odds. Uh I See, and, I, and I went three. Mm-hmm. I would go ahead. Oh, I was gonna finish. say. I was just gonna say. I think you know Mbappe at plus eight hundred and Harry Kane at plus a thousand is pretty good. Pretty good bets as well. Uh, they do like to tend to give the player of the tournament to these high goal scorers. But also yeah. thinking it back to like the last World Cup where uh, Luka Modric won the Golden Ball with not too many goal scorers, just mainly being that rock in midfield. They do sometimes kind of give it to these other midfielder of facilitator players. Yeah. And that's uh, and I actually have three guys I selected out here, uh, one striker, two midfielders, and my striker choice is, um, or excuse me, uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, that's correct. Uh, two two midfielders, one striker, and my striker choice is Harry Kane at plus one thousand odds. Mm-hmm. Reasoning behind it is, again, everyone loves goals. It's like baseball, chicks dig the long ball. Uh, award voters <laughs> love uh, love goals and. I think England's uh, only shot at really making it uh, to the finals in this tournament would be Harry Kane having to be, I mean, at the top, most clinical phase of his game, uh, knocking down, averaging at least a goal a game in this tournament. Um, And if he could come out uh, on top of the golden boot and England at least make it to the finals, not having the win necessarily, but at least making it there. I do think uh, Harry Kane could come away. And it's decent odds there at plus 1,000. And my other two guys uh, I've selected, one of them is Conte, plus 2,000, coming off of his Champions League man of the match. And I think the game started starting to go more of a way of having almost more appreciation for a guy like Conte, uh, a guy who's going to run up and down the pitch, probably run 10 miles a game, uh, and more of a defensive-focused player, uh, like you said earlier, more of a facilitator type of guy. And it also helps that he plays for the number one team in the world right now, France, who we both believe, and like we saw in Vegas, believes with the odds, uh, that can go deep in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Because obviously if you get knocked out in the round of 16, your chance of running player of the tournament is <laughs> basically non-existent. Yeah, and then my not. last pick, yeah, and my last pick here. Uh, is another one that might touch your heart a little bit because he's also an English player. And it's for a lot of the same reason I went with Conte, and that would be Jordan Henderson at plus 4,000. Uh, <laughs> uh. It's just a solid... It, it, if England makes it to the final and Harry Kane is just all right and England's scraping by a, a lot of 1-0, 2-1 wins... No one really banging goals in left and right. More of a team purpose. I think guys may look to the team captain. And at plus 4,000, it wouldn't hurt to toss a couple dollars on it and see what happens. I'm going to blow your mind. Jordan Henderson's not even the team captain. It is Harry Kane. Wow. <laughs> yes, I know. Wow. But um, I think that's a good bet. I do know that a lot of... <laughs> It's interesting, though, because there are questions about his fitness right now. I personally believe that he is fit to play. He played 45 minutes in the friendly uh, against 
oh man, who Romania. He actually took mm-hmm. a penalty off of uh Dominic Calvert Lewin and Lewis and uh and he missed it because <laughs> he wanted to get mm-hmm. his first his first international <laughs> goal. Uh and a lot of people were very upset with him about that. You they acted like he just scored an own goal in the the World Cup final. But um I do agree with you. I think if, if Jordan Henderson's fit, he's going to be a pretty big engine in the midfield. I th- he is, I truly believe he's one of the most underappreciated English yeah. midfielders in the Agreed. world. I, and I guess bias aside, I am, you know, just to, to throw it out there, I am a Liverpool fan, so I, I do Which, love Jordan Henderson. Yeah, and, and your defense earlier, uh, fitness, uh, I was going to say, I was going to mention your Liverpool fandom because if anyone knows about the struggle of fitness this year, it would be a Liverpool fan. Uh <laughs> And speaking of uh, Liverpool's, arguably Liverpool's, uh, it's hard to say best player because Liverpool has been uh, on such a rise the last three years. Um, but Van Dijk will be out this tournament as well. And he could have been a decent shout for player of the tournament. Uh, oh, 100%. I, I was just going to put that, would, that, would, that. that would depend on Netherlands uh, making a deep run, mm-hmm. uh, which we will see uh, how they end up turning out. And then our last player prop that we were going to toss uh, picks out on would be assist and I was gonna I I will if you would ask me three weeks ago I would have been leaning toward uh Trent Alexander Arno just because uh and I know you mentioned earlier England doesn't like to overlap their fullbacks mm-hmm. uh but and again as a Liverpool fan there are a few guys who can put a ball on somebody in open space or in the box like Trent can uh, but now, like I said, I mentioned that was three weeks ago, but now that's out of the picture. seems how Trent is now, uh, I believe it was a thigh injury, correct? Yeah, it was a thigh injury. Yeah, thigh injury, thigh injury is going to knock him out. And then on top of that, Southgate probably wasn't going to play him anyway. So Yeah, true. He would have been coming, what it is. He probably would have been coming off the bench. Uh, yeah. Because no one can, besides James Worth-Prowse from Southampton, who it's a, it's a shame that, he will not be going to the Euros. He's such a creative player as well, and I think England could really use that kind of creativity and that set-piece delivery. But mm-hmm. besides James Worth-Prowse, Trent Alexander-Arnold is probably the best English player to really have that dead ball delivery and even yep. live in play delivery. Uh, he he just has a, such a unique way of striking the ball. I think he would have definitely had a lot of assists. And do me a favor. Mm-hmm. If you are listening... <laughs> And you do not watch soccer, but you you clicked on this because you're like, man, that guy makes some great picks. Do me a <laughs> favor and look up on YouTube. Trent's what would it have been 2018 or 2019? Uh, yeah, it would have been 2018. 2018, 2019 season. Look up his highlights from that season and tell me you wouldn't want that guy to kick an apple off of your head to save your life. <laughs> I mean, he, and, uh, I would I just like to point <laughs> off in, in the year before, in that year. The year uh, Liverpool finished second, he broke the assist record for a defender in the Premier League. And then the next year, yeah. the year that we won the title, he broke his own record. So he obviously, he definitely slowed down this year. He had a few months of really bad form, but I think he's a great player and probably would have been. And that was the same year. Uh, was it Andy Robertson also had? Mm-hmm. Uh, he also broke the record. Just but, about the same amount. Really, yeah. Like two, two less assists, I think. Yeah, he also broke the record, but Trent just broke it as well. So <laughs> unfortunate for him for such a great year and then <laughs> comes out. But, you know, I will say that we bring up Andy Robertson as a very important, good point. I don't know what his odds are for player of the tournament for, for a prop bet. But I will say if, if Scotland do well – probably going to be because of Andy 
So that's my. I tell you this. I have it pulled up here now. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing him listed. And this the is disrespect. Going plus eight thousand. So the it could it, he could stretch out to plus ten thousand if you have uh, any type of English or Scottish ancestry in your body. Maybe toss five bucks on it uh, and get lucky. But here. for me, assist. I don't have any uh, assist pick here. I would just say. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do your, I'll go ahead and do your pick your player for assists. Andrew Robertson okay. at plus fifteen thousand. Book it. Oh, he's up there, huh? He's he's the la- he's one of the last ones on our on our list. Wow. Yeah. Andrew Robertson plus fifteen thousand. I there think I think that's a great pick. Andy Robertson yeah, is a man on form for Scotland right now. And uh, other than that, assist feels very random. There are some guys, like I said, Trent, if you get a 2018 informed Trent, you can bank he's probably going to be getting an assist the game. But for the most part, uh, most of these guys, uh, I'll, to I'll, me, it's I'll just going to feel kind of random. I'll and chime in and just say that I think Thomas Muller at plus 2,500 is a, a good bet. He's coming into the, yeah. the Germany team. You know, He was a golden boot winner in the 2010 World Cup. Thomas Muller always shows out for Germany. It's, a, it's been a travesty that he hasn't been playing for them because of low. Uh, but I think yeah. that's a great bet right there. And that's a good transition uh, into our next segment, which is just going to be discussing group play. Uh, some very nice groups, John, here. Uh, I want to say there's probably only one group that's kind of lackluster. Uh, mm-hmm. But other than that, most of these groups are going to be competitive. And uh, we'll talk about seeding here in a second. But Chris went through earlier today and looked at the schedule and the way the seating is going to work. But the old saying, you know, if if you'd have three major teams out of four in a group, it'd be the group of death. But now that's not necessarily going to exist anymore uh, to some extent because three teams will make it out of a group. And what, what did we decide? What was it? Four instances? Uh, yeah, f- four four third place teams will will make it out of the group because it is six groups of four teams six times four is you know six yeah. 24 gotta do quick math and, um and, and since we were working from the bottom up uh, if you want we can start with group f uh, or excuse me since, since we had just mentioned germany as well germany uh if you're not aware and if you're uh kind of a casual soccer fan you might not uh be aware of it germany and their head coach their manager have had some serious uh, well, well, I don't even know what the correct word would be for it. Uh, Shortcomings. <laughs> yeah, it's just been... Rapid decline. Yeah, and just some very strange de- uh, decisions. Uh, Thomas Muller, a fantastic player for Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga, uh, has not seen the national team in quite a while. Mats Hummels. Uh, Mats Hummels, uh, yep. same thing uh, with Dortmund. Uh, plays fantastic year in, year out uh, in the domestic league cannot uh, get on with low but that's going to bring us to uh what you mentioned a second ago this is Lowe's last stand it's his last stand as germany manager mm-hmm. uh, it is already uh made known in the media and the press that he is out after the euros and uh current Bayern munich manager hansi flick will be taking over so how do you see this group shaking out because this is a very nice group with france germany portugal and then hungary is gonna uh be wishing they probably didn't even take the fight. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, all these, all these groups, uh, or all these teams in this group. I mean, to, even to give some credit to Hungary, I think they're all fantastic teams. Um, but I definitely do see France topping the group, no problem. And it's really going to be a a fight for second between Germany and Portugal. 
Um, you can talk about the odds if you'd like on them making out of the group. But I definitely see this is like I was mentioning before when we were having our our pre pre pod discussion that it could very well be that this is this is a group where the the all the teams just beat the hell out of each other and yeah in one of Portugal or Germany might not even be one of the top four third place teams so yeah. it, it could be very interesting but I think I it'll, think it'll, it's going to shake out very very nicely and I know you touched on the odds earlier this is coming from my opinion so when I bet I like to not sway too far uh, from the even line so from 100 uh, dead even so I'll usually bet stuff from anywhere from minus 160 to plus 160 uh, either way and if my model really likes a team that's a heavy underdog I'll bet them I have I, I will show no hesitation in betting them but with multiple teams advancing uh, with three out of four teams advancing uh, from a group this year four times that's really stretched these odds a bit. Uh, for example, uh, a team as good as Portugal uh, are minus 350 to mm-hmm. get out of the group, and Germany and France are each over minus 10,000. And there's just not a lot of value in there. Uh, now, granted, it's, it's it's your decision at the end of the day, but personally for me, I know I wouldn't be putting up uh, $350 on Portugal uh, to win 100 when I know Portugal has to face Germany and France. And like Chris just mentioned, you know, they might beat each other up so bad that neither of them, are, or the the odd team out, isn't even going to make it through the third-place team selection. So that's that's where I stand there with the odds. Uh, that's how it shakes up with Group F. I can't really disagree with Chris any there. Uh, I'm following suit France, Germany, Portugal. Uh, France on top, Germany and Portugal most likely just uh, fighting each other, <laughs> trying to climb to the top. So now we'll uh, bounce up to Group E, and I know you mentioned Spain's has some squad controversy. Yeah, there's there seems, me. there seems to be a little. There, I know there's a lot in the media about uh, Nacho. And being, Spain's the favorite, by the way, minus twenty five hundred. Again, yes. I would never bet that, but go ahead. Yeah, Spain, Poland, Sweden, Slovakia. Slovakia rounds out Group E. Uh, I want to talk about this a little bit of squad controversy. Uh, Sergio Ramos being left out due to being unfit. Um, Nacho being left out. That one is a little quizzical because he's a great player. He, he was pretty yeah. good. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. My, I don't think there's a single Real Madrid player in the Spain squad for this Euros. Yeah, that, there is not. That, that's actually been a, a, a very present headline uh, leading up to this. And it does kind of – I do kind of have some worries about David De Gea in goal. Um, I know he's been, he's been relegated to second choice at Manchester United behind uh, Henderson. So yeah. I think it's it's very – it's going to be interesting. I, I know Spain is, is considered one of the favorites for the tournament, you know, but I don't I don't really see them doing that well. Poland, on to the me, other To me, there's hand, too much outside noise to mm-hmm. lock in as a team. Yeah, I, I, I just I just don't see them doing too well. But Poland, on the other hand, I know you're a big favor. Yes. A big, a big fan of Poland. Correct. Poland uh, Poland is a team, and it's funny, Chris uh, reached out to me randomly about two weeks ago and asked me, like, hey, who do you who do you think is going to come out as, like, you know, that, that team no one saw coming in the Euros? And I looked around for a second, and then I landed on Poland, and I was thinking, uh, Poland looks like a decent shout here in this tournament. You have some guys uh, that aren't going to be world-class, but there are definitely some guys that... Uh, 
that are more than serviceable, especially in this group mm-hmm. uh, with Sweden, Slovakia. I definitely think Poland could get past them. Uh, to, to start it off, you have Robert Lewandowski. And again, if you're not extremely familiar with soccer, Robert Lewandowski is arguably the best soccer player in the world right now. And that includes Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, Ronaldo, whoever you want to I would go forth and say it's not even arguably he was he is currently the best soccer player in the world right now. Yeah, he's, he has uh, he broke the uh, domestic league in German uh, the German domestic league I should say uh, goal scoring record that had stood for 40 years I think it might have been. Something like that. Was, uh, yep. I mean he has he's in exceptional form. Anytime you have a guy like that on the attacking third, uh, that, that anytime his right foot touches the ball, you get nervous. I think that's going to give your team a, a nice boost. And then uh, to supply him, Poland also is decent uh, in the midfield as well. And I'm not going to try to pronounce half of these names <laughs> because they are Polish and I am American. So it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit difficult there. Just, and also in goal, go ahead. I was just going to say, just to really, uh, just to kind of touch upon those players you're talking about Krakowiak from yeah uh the former PSG man I think he's playing in Russia right now he's you know a pretty great player but Zielinski from Napoli is uh-huh. one of the best I I, I want to say I I will be honest I don't watch too much Syria but from what I have seen Zielinski is probably one of the best midfielders in the world currently he's yeah, he's playing alongside uh or excuse me he was playing alongside uh Milik? Oh uh, sure yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're right. Yeah, you're totally right. He was, but he but he was on loan this year at uh, at Marseille. Mm, gotcha. But and and I was going to mention in goal as well, Chesney uh, in goal, who's uh, more than uh, more than capable in uh, goal as well. So I think it's going to really come down to Poland's defense. Uh, not too many recognizable names in their defense, mm-hmm. but if they could come together and glue together for three games in the group stage. I think they very well could uh, make it out to the uh, round of 32. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just you know, to round out Group E, Sweden. Uh, very disappointing to hear that Zlatan won't be yeah. in the Euro squad due with injury. Um, disappointing. Uh, I th- their odds are pretty good to make it out at, at minus 225. Um, I think it, I think it's it could be interesting. Predicament. I think it could go either way. I just feel like Sweden's probably going to fall flat. Um, and then yeah. Slovakia, I, I I don't really have too much to say about them. Um, they are odds at plus one sixty five to get out of the group. That could be a good bet. Yeah. They, you know, you never know what could happen. Um, and that's and that, that's something that we learned messing with our Premier League model. Soccer is not necessarily a case of the best team. The best team is going to win every day, and mm-hmm. most most sports are like that. But soccer, I think, takes it even to that next level. Uh, jumping back down the group F, Germany, uh, this is a stat I bounced off Chris earlier today. Germany in 2018 got sent home, got sent packing in the group stage. And that was the first time that had ever happened to Germany in the World Cup. And ever since 1934, since the World Cup was founded, I guess you'd say. So it just goes to show you. And I know Germany did have managerial issues and uh, board issues. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you're uh, if you, half of Germany's starting eleven would probably uh, give the United States a run for their money nine <laughs> times out of ten. Yeah, so I mean, they're, when you they're, have a team like that getting sent packing, it's uh, you know kind of eye opening. 
Yeah, they're a great team on paper and definitely been underachieving. Yeah. So uh, let's bounce up to Group D because this is a group I know you're excited to talk about. I know we've touched on both of these teams earlier, but I think this is going to be – I think Group F is going to be everybody's number one group to watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, you have three, what, top ten teams Mm -hmm. uh, in that group alone. But in Group D, I think you have a super fun team to watch in Scotland. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you mentioned earlier, in great form, have Andy Robertson on the left. And then you have England with super high, ultra high expectations uh, from media, from press, especially with the semifinals and the finals being played at Wimbledon. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, uh, already strong two teams there, fun two teams, and you know, uh, both <laughs> close in proximity. Then you have Croatia stepping in, who was the runner-up in the 2018 World Cup, who made a quite a special run. Croatia definitely has some solid guys, but I think if you ask, you know, if you ask 50 people, maybe one or two would have told you Croatia had a chance to win the whole thing in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was definitely it was definitely the Cinderella run of the of the tournament. And it, yeah. to be fair though, there was like there was no luck involved. That team was just head and shoulders. They were just, very solid. Yeah. They they just they were just a really great team. And I'm And that's real- a good and that's a good uh, I'll, I'll cut you off here. No worries. But, but that's a good example of what we just discussed. Uh, sometimes a bad team is going to play above their level, uh, and sometimes a good team is going to play uh, well below their level. Well, Croatia was a good example of a team that uh, is very solid, and they're not going to go out and you know four zero five one anybody. But they are going to grind. It kind of reminds me of the Memphis Grizzlies, the grit and grind <laughs> area. They're going to go out there every game or every match and you know what you're going to get you know you're going to have to play a full 90 minutes plus extra time uh to come away with a win yeah they're they're definitely they're definitely a great a great team um and you know they have Luka Modric who's coming off a Ballon d'Or you know it's it's a few years past now but Ballon d'Or winner 2018 where he was the man in that Croatian midfield so I think I think this is a very interesting uh, I think this is a very interesting setup uh, of a group. I do think, you know, even though I don't rate them highly, I do think England is probably going to win the win the group, and the yeah. odds the odds are definitely agreeing with that notion. You know, they're at yeah minus thirty three hundred. Minus thirty three hundred. I mean, that's sure. If you have money to bet on that, please uh, <laughs> cash at me. I will put it in my Twitter bio. <laughs> For real, um, but it's it's it in terms of. Betting, I think Group D is a really, a really good one to really kind of look into because mm-hmm. Scotland at, at plus 120, that's I think that's a great bet. I, th- I think the Scotland team is going to turn some heads. You know, they might. I, I predict they're going to at least make the round of 16, especially with the with the four best third place yeah. teams. I think they're going to come out. And I think that's a. Um, I think that's a good. I, I think we talked about that earlier. Has this always been a, a, a Euro staple? I guess you say, uh, th- you know, four third place teams making it. Yeah, they, they they've been doing this for a while, so. It's, and I it's, think it's, that's good for the competition. I know, mm-hmm. talking about another sport here. No, we uh, in our group message the other day we were talking about the college football playoff expanding to twelve teams. I think anytime you allow. Especially like a, because t- in group, if you look at Group F and you tell me France, Germany, and Portugal, if you tell me one of those teams deserves to go home after just three games, 
I think that's a little unfair to one of the teams. Now, granted, one of them still might go home because, like you said, they might beat each other up and only be able to muster, you know, three points in three games. But I do think uh, it's going to make this tournament a little bit more exciting than what you maybe see in the World Cup uh, where you have guys, or excuse me, you have teams uh, who are going to be super hungry knowing that they almost got their summer cut short. Yeah, for sure. I think... I think it definitely is a makes a more competitive and healthy tournament. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think England, Scotland, Croatia. Sorry, Czech Republic. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's too too much to note about them. Um, they they you know they got your boy Patrick Schick, but yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> but besides that, I mean, but yeah. who knows that this could? It's it's the international football tournaments. Literally anything could happen. So. That's right. If Lester Shinny won it all, anybody can. 5,000 to uh, one odds. Yeah, that's right. Group C. Um, this is the one we were talking Seuss. about earlier. <laughs> I th- with all these other groups being loaded, not many people, I'm assuming, are going to watch Group C unless you're Macedonian, Ukrainian, uh, Dutch, or Austrian. Uh, now, granted, there still are some uh, some guys to watch. The Netherlands have Memphis Depay, uh Van Dijk is out. We mentioned him earlier. Uh, Austria has David Alaba. Just signed a five-year deal with Real Madrid. Uh, might be looking to, I would say prove himself, but he's quite a proven player. Might be looking to, uh, I guess, question anybody or prove to anybody that might be questioning if he's worth a five-year deal. Uh, with, with quite ex- exuberant as, wages, yeah. too. So Yes, exactly. Uh, um, but we won't touch on this subject for long. Uh, again, because the odds in the this euro setup are a little little strange i would say but i i, I could see austria uh, and the netherlands both getting through i definitely don't believe this would be one of the teams that sends a third team onto the next round mm-hmm. i don't know about you chris i, um, I definitely agree with that um yeah. just to touch upon the ukraine was by and large the worst team in the last euros they uh they'd scored zero goals and they had the worst goal differential in the last tournament which you know yeah obviously this this is completely different team than the euro than the ukraine team five years ago so you never know what might happen but currently Mm -hmm. looking at these odds to make it out of the group um i i don't think any of these are good bets maybe besides austria (laughs) but even then it's it's not it's probably just not worth yeah so let's uh let's jump up the group b um this is another group that I think people might underestimate. And uh, I know one of your teams that you're interested in uh, falls in this group because you have Belgium, Russia, Denmark, and Finland. And I will tell you this about Finland. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I know about Finland is my team I support in Germany, their goalkeeper, is Finland's number one. But other than that, <laughs> uh, my knowledge of Finland is running short. But uh, me and Chris both agreed here that we would see Belgium finish this group on top. Uh, we mentioned earlier Belgium's uh, what's the word to use here? Running ragged, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming to the end of their uh, glory days, yeah, uh, with the, their the, current with their current squad. They, they have such an unbelievable squad, but they're you know they have a third place finish in the World Cup, which is you know that that is fantastic. That yeah. I, I would be ecstatic if the U.S. ever finished third in a World Cup. Yeah, I, I finished third in the World Cup again because I want to say the U.S. has done that. I think they did in like the forties or something, but, um, or maybe it was quarterfinals. It counts. So whatever. 
But for for such a talented group of team of uh, players, I think they have to make it to the finals. Um, yeah. But like like Justin was mentioning, uh, Denmark, I think they're another kind of dark horse team. They have honestly uh, one of the best goalkeepers of the tournament, in my opinion, which is Casper Casper Schmeichel from uh-huh. uh, Leicester Fantastic City. Fantastic from Leicester. I've, he had Fantastic. a great year. I mean, even if you really want to dig down into this Denmark team, they have Andreas Christensen from Chelsea, who, he, you know, he had a good year. It's a little, it was a little hit and miss. But even Pierre Emil Hoiberg uh, from Tottenham, who of course hit a yeah, wonder. That's a good pronunciation, right there. <laughs> it's 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 a good one. But even <laughs> even he coming off, he didn't have a great year. But I mean, he scored a worldie against Liverpool this year. But but. He's a good player, and I think, and they even have Martin Braith, uh, Braithwaite from Barcelona at up top. Yeah. So, I think I think they could definitely turn some heads. Um, I think they could. And be they are team. the second favorite out of this group as well. So mm-hmm. Vegas is expecting to go on, and I, I I would love to see. I'm not sure how the seeding works. I haven't looked at the knockout schedule too much, um, mm-hmm. but I would love to see a team like Denmark and Poland match up. Uh, I think in the next be, round, yeah, that'd you, be a brilliant game. Yeah, I mean, you would have two teams that are, uh, I'd say, probably level. Uh, two teams that, and getting to see Lewandowski go up against uh, Schmeichel would be fantastic. Yeah, for um, sure. And let's let's hop up here to Group A to round it out here. And I actually have a team uh, I think might pan out well in Group A. Uh, mm-hmm. Me and Chris both agree, and we talked earlier, Italy's got a very solid squad this year, uh, and they have disappointed in recent uh, tournaments. And what did Italy did not participate in the World Cup of 2018, correct? I don't believe so. Yeah, I think, I think they, they. I think they missed out. I remember. I think I remember that being a, a pretty sizable I, headline. I, I know. Uh, uh, I know. What you call it? The Netherlands missed out in the last World Cup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think let me. Yeah, someone else missed out too, but that's just not ringing the bell. Oh, maybe the United <laughs> States of America. <laughs> Don't know who well, you're anyway. referring to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but then the team I was mentioning is Turkey. Turkey uh, is coming into the Euros. Was actually some really nice form. Uh, one of your uh, your team's signings uh, is it Ozan. Yeah, Ozan Kabak, which Ozan Kabak from which he sadly will not be. Uh, he's from Schalke, actually. Yeah, yes, yes. Sorry, Schalke. Yeah, uh, who who was it from Leipzig? Uh, uh, Konate or Konate, yeah, the, the defender. But yeah, Ozan Kabak. He was on loan for Liverpool. Um, we we did not extending his. Uh, we are we not fulfilling the option to buy. Option yeah. to buy. But he was a great player, and I think this Turkey team. I want to say this Turkey team is incredibly young. I want to say the average age is around 23 or something. They're a very, very young team. Yeah. So I think they could they could honestly be really exciting. And funnily enough, we know everyone has their favorite players. My favorite player <laughs> happens to be Turkish. Uh, so I might be a little biased here, but I did catch some of Turkey's, uh, I would say, friendly. I don't believe they were friendly. I believe they were World Cup qualifying, actually, for 2022. Um, mm-hmm. And one of those games I watched, they played the Netherlands, and they won – 4-2 against the Netherlands. Granted, they were playing at home. They were playing at Istanbul. But they do have some nice wins in 2021. Uh, most of them coming in March. Uh, they they took care of Norway 3-0. Norway's not participating in this Euros. They're uh, not, not necessarily uh, 
the toughest of opponent. But they come into this tournament not having lost a game in 2021. They are four. They have four wins, two draws, no losses. So, uh, but to add on to that, Switzerland is, if you remember back at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that England was one of the four teams who came in having five wins, no losses, and no draws in their last five games. Switzerland, believe it or not, is another one of those teams. And they are also uh, one of those teams, though, that have not played great competition. Mm-hmm. So, uh, granted, they did just play the CONCACAF Nations League champions about two weeks ago in <laughs> 2-1 against the U.S. The U.S. did not play a strong side, uh, but a win is a win. So, uh, I think this group would be great, uh, especially with Wales in it. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you just want to add to, on about Wales. Yeah, just to touch, and even to just touch upon uh, Switzerland, they do have a really mm-hmm. solid team. Uh, Granit Xhaka, I know there's a lot of, you know, up and down opinions of him about Arsenal, but I think he's a he's a good player. Uh, Steven Zuber from Frankfurt, another great uh-huh. midfielder. Uh, yeah, he's been he's done fantastic the last two years and uh, the Bundesliga. Uh, Briel Mbolo from Munchen Gladbach, uh, he is a stud. That kid is insane. So I'm pretty he's sure he's starting. He's, he's starting to put it together. Uh, he's still really almost, young, isn't he? Yeah, he, when he was 17 or 18. Is when he broke through. Uh, wow, he's 24, he started, actually. <laughs> huh. Yeah, he, start, he started uh, turning some heads. And then I believe he went through some fitness troubles. Uh, mm-hmm. Struggled staying fit for a couple of years. But uh, he started uh, showing up here towards the second half of the year. Uh, so, And then even I think I this... think Group A is another one of those mm-hmm. groups that people might look at from the outside and underestimate because you don't see the, your, your big names of France, uh, Germany. Then you have Italy coming in who's been down. But I think this will be a very fun group to watch. Uh, and bet-wise, I think the I think this is, of all groups, I think this group here has the best lines. With minus 175 for Turkey, mi- minus 175 for Switzerland, and minus 120 for Wales. Uh, personally, I wouldn't take Wales there. Uh, I, I think if Wales was plus money, uh, it'd be a little bit better. better yeah. than but I do think uh, Turkey or Switzerland... Uh, I, I, it's it's really tough to call. I don't know if I could if I could even pick one of those out of those two. Uh, I, I would say this I is think of course, it, assuming Italy is going to win it all, but I, I I would say I think this is going to be one of the groups where three teams advance. So yeah. I think either Turkey or Switzerland at at minus one seventy five is a great bet in my opinion. Yeah, you know if I think, as far like as I said, those are those are the actually the only odds in this in these group stages in the one hundreds except for Czech Republic. And Group D, uh, which we've already discussed. So, yeah. So you know, decent all, all around. I think these are this is a pretty interesting groups. Um, some of the odds are a bit hit or miss, but I think I think this is going to be a very entertaining tournament. Yeah, it's going to be going to be fun to watch. Uh, summertime every four years, uh, or I should say every two years, really, is always a great time for a soccer fan, uh, international soccer fan especially. Um, uh, on top of this, we have the Gold Cup coming up. Uh, if I see some lines start popping out on that, you might find me and Chris again <laughs> uh, with episode two coming out soon. Uh, but a re- just a quick recap, wrap up here. Uh, you know, we're we went through our player props earlier. Uh, 
I had Lukaku, or we, excuse me, we both had Lukaku and Immobile uh, as top goal scorer mm-hmm. uh, for similar reasons. I with with these numbers, it reminds me of PGA odds. Uh, since you have such a large field and it's individual players, you can find some fantastic odds. Of course, the odds don't mean anything unless you win, but I do think statistically and historically, uh, these two players, uh, Immobile and Lukaku, are uh, definitely top-notch strikers. And they're definitely going to be fine in the back of the net if their team can progress on. Um, player of the tournament, we, we touched on. I won't go back through all of these player props because uh, I know we've already heard them once. But I think this tournament offers a lot of value, uh, especially in the outright. Uh, in my opinion, I think France is the team to beat. Uh, mm-hmm. Their depth is insane. Uh, their th- third-string goalkeeper would be... Uh, or I guess I would say third option goalkeeper would probably challenge uh, the United States' first goalkeeper. Oh, for so, sure. I mean, they just – they have depth upon depth upon depth. I really like uh, Portugal too because of uh, – I even have it in my notes here. It's – Ronaldo uh, kind of reminds me of LeBron James. He's one of those guys that you don't want to bet against because you know how they can take over a game. Mm-hmm. But I also think Portugal is one pulled hamstring away from having some depth <laughs> issues. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think France is the way to go here. Uh, that's gonna be, that would be my outright pick if I if I put some on it, and I probably will, uh, just to have a rooting interest. But Chris, I, I, any I, closing I, statements from you? I I agree with that. I think I think France. If you're just going outright bets, I think France is your best your best bet. Um, Portugal, like you're saying, another another great pick. Um, and I guess just you know. Closing bets, really, like we mentioned, the Group A. If you if you really wanted to bet on odds to advance yeah. bets, that's probably where you want to stick around with. Um, yeah. Turkey and Switzerland can't Turkey's, go wrong with either one. There probably can't go wrong with that. Um, but yeah, I think I think yeah, that's that's pretty solid. Yeah, and that's and that's gonna be this is uh, gonna wrap up our first episode. Uh, of Data Monster Picks podcast, uh, me and Chris really love doing this. It's hard not to love talking about sports, <laughs> and we're looking into uh, the NFL upcoming season. Uh, I ran, I started doing these models in November of last year, and I started in week 13 in the NFL. I went from week 13 to week 17. Uh, I believe I went 16 and eight, uh, which is like 67 percent. My goal with these models is to be 60%. So 67% is probably unsustainable because that's just law of averages. But all of my other, I've got a model for the NBA. I ran over 200 picks on this year. Um, finished at 58%, I believe. MLB so far this year through two weeks uh, is at 60%. NFL was at 67%. And the PGA Tour, uh, I don't keep up with my overall record there because it's similar to the Euros. You have a huge field with huge eyes, uh, but we were up plus 43 units on last tournament. Um, so we've, we've been doing well there, but I, I really enjoy this. I know Chris enjoys hopping on here and talking and we're excited to do more. So definitely be looking around uh, for some more episodes coming out. We're going to uh, possibly even add another guest host at some point uh, so we can get going and we're about to reach the hour mark now. So, I believe that's about all you guys can stand to listen to us. (laughs) So I appreciate you guys for listening, and I appreciate Chris uh, for bringing all of his insight. He is 
the go-to guy for uh, any of my soccer questions, any of my soccer conversation. So any last words for you, Chris, before we sign off and look forward to episode two in the future? I mean, if you've never watched uh, international football tournaments, this is the time to do it. You will not, even if you never watch soccer, now's the time to do it. That's right. And I'll touch on that too. Last thing, uh, soccer, especially for Americans, it's something that uh, it's always on the back burner. But if you can watch a couple of games, learn the rules, very, very simple rules, uh, it, you can definitely find yourself getting wrapped around uh, wrapped around it. It's, they call it the beautiful game for a reason. It's... Uh, it's it's fantastic. I just gonna say, like, it's kind of it's kind of similar to a way of where it's kind of hard for people to to really appreciate it. Where a similar way of baseball, where you know at yeah. the surface level, baseball is like pitcher throws pitch, hit ball, whatever, play play yeah. it throw. Where and then once you really start to get a deeper understanding of, of the game, where you understand like, okay, it's a three one count with a right handed pitcher against a left handed batter, like exactly. you, you understand certain understanding strategy. I think soccer is the same way. Where you might say like, oh, they're just passing the ball around just to pass the ball. Oh, it's passing from the left back to the center back to the other center back to the right back. Yeah. But once you get a deeper understanding, you're like, they're doing that to alleviate pressure and letting their midfield create space by pulling, dragging other midfielders and defenders yeah. out of position to find that pass. So once you, you see really Timo Werner making a run to nowhere, pulling center backs out of position mm-hmm. to let Kai Havertz, former Bayer Leverkusen man, by the way. <laughs> score the Champions League winner it's 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 really great to watch if you've never watched it like Chris said that's a great point make this your first soccer tournament you watch soccer is a fantastic sport to watch you're not going to see anybody get their head knocked off but it's just as entertaining I promise yeah for sure anyway guys thank you so much for listening um my twitter is at data monster pick that's probably where you're going to find us at I'm going to get this posted on Spotify and be looking forward to a new episode. Turn my tweet notifications on. I don't tweet very much. I'll probably tweet three or four times a day. Most of them are just me releasing my picks. Uh, so keep up with us, and we'll be posting our episode, uh, our future episodes on Spotify, and I will be posting them on Twitter so you guys can listen. Uh, one last time for me, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will see you guys next episode. Yep, thank you.